You're listening to the Analuya podcast, where faith and animation collide. Each episode, we'll discuss the various topics in animated movies and TV shows, while also sharing our thoughts and opinions as they relate to faith and spirituality. Get ready to raise a hallelujah. It's time for Analuya. And welcome everybody. You are locked into another episode of the Analia Podcast. And it is our annual special Christmas special. So get ready, strap in for some merriment to your holiday season. And I'm here with my joyous wife, Rebecca. Hey everybody. A very Merry Christmas to you. And a Merry Christmas Eve to all as well. Uh, and to all a good night. At <laughs> <laughs> time this is coming out, this uh, will be premiering um, on the 23rd. So just in time for Christmas Eve and Christmas. And we've already done our fair share of get exchanges and spending time with family. We have, more, yeah. more to come. Yeah, we've done Christmas with both our moms. And we've exchanged stockings between ourselves. Um, but we're going to take our like actual gifts to us with us when we go celebrate with your dad. And then we'll celebrate with my dad after Christmas, Christmas, no New Year's Eve. We got a lot of Christmases to go to. It's like every year I feel we're in the movie for Christmases. Well, it is for, it is, (laughs) it it is, but our families are not as dysfunctional. (laughs) No, 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 not at all. Well, not at all, but every, every family is a little bit dysfunctional, you know? (laughs) And last year, for those of you who listened, we did the star, but we're not doing the star this year. We are going to do a animated short that is based on the birth of Christ. Loosely. Loosely. Very, very loosely. And it came from a unlikely source. Uh, Disney. Well, this was back in the 70s, right? Yeah, late 70s. So this came out in 1978. I was just very surprised. I had seen the poster for it and saw that it was from Disney and like, oh, well, it's probably not on Disney Plus, but it was. So it was. Well, 1978 Disney was very different than today's Disney. It is from animation to ethics values, complete 180, in our opinion, at least. Yeah, there's been a lot of changes with with Disney since then. But they brought back on uh, Bob Iger. They did, to yeah. Kind of like reshape it, and I guess they're realizing there's a lot of public backlash from <laughs> recent uh, the recent year or two. Yeah, yeah there's a other than outcry, if you will. But this was a good little movie, you know. It was the was it small one is yeah. what it's called. Yes, yeah, so it's called uh, the the small one. Well, his name is Small One. Small One, Small One. And this actually came out from the subsidiary of Buena Vista, which did like Sword, the, Sword in the Stone and a lot of other like direct to VHS during that time. Well, it was only like, what did you say, 27 minutes or something? Yeah, roughly. It was under it was under half an hour. Mm-hmm. It's a little short. It was a cute little short, it though. It was very well done. It brought back a lot of nostalgia. Yes. And... I think it was the it was a combination for me of the 2D 2D animation style which is lovely. I I love that style of animation and then the sound mixing which is like just that quintessential 
older sound mixing. Do you know, do you know what I mean? It's got slight crackle and it's a, there's like a warmth to it. That's very different than today's sound mixing. Oh, absolutely. Because they didn't have the quote unquote audio processing that we had today. So you don't get that crisp, clear dynamic. Right. But it's so nice. Yes, I, I like that. It's, it's more, more, a little bit more raw. Yeah. That's a great way to say that. It, it And it does feel more raw when you have that kind of sound mixing. So I like it. It makes me think of like Robin Hood and um, Aristocats and, and all of those movies yeah. from that time period. Um, they're really nice. The little boy who took care of like the the small one who who is a donkey in this film uh, reminded me of the Mowgli. Oh, I was going to say the same. Yeah, yes, he did. Book. He uh, was probably around the same time that the Jungle Book and this one came out, I think. Possibly, because if you went on like online to like certain websites where you'll see, hey, this is Mowgli, this is his mannerisms, how he walked, this is a different movie, same sequence with Christopher Robin as he's walking along with a stick. Oh, is it the same kid? Not the same, the same... like actor, but they, I think, reused some of the same animation. If it ain't just, broke, don't yeah, fix it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it works, right? If you've already spent hours and hours and hours trying to do something like one little sequence in 2D hand-drawn animation, like just reuse it and change the face. I, why not? Work smarter, not harder. <laughs> exactly. And they, they were doing it all the way back then. But going back to the animated short itself... I guess you could call it it's, it's a little bit more than a short. I think to be a short, it has to be under like 15 minutes, maybe. So this is more like... Uh, what do you call it? It's not a feature film, so... No, it's just a, it's, it's a special presentation. Just like, feature presentation. Yeah, like they would say on the old VHS. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Have you watched the countless trailers? A little Buena Vista. This movie focuses on a donkey called the small one, He or a small one. No name like George or Brian or whatever. <laughs> Give the donkey a human name. The other donkeys don't have a name, though. No, no. Not that we hear. And when I first saw, I was like, oh, he's, he's, he's a little kid donkey. But no, he's, he's old. And He's an older donkey, yeah. But he's so full of playfulness. Yes. You know? That's why it seemed like he was a young donkey. Yeah, but he's has that, not. like, childlike wonder Mm-hmm. He's got a, a bit of a, a doofy looking face, yeah. you know? <laughs> and one of his ears is slumped down. Yeah. But he's cute. He's a cute little donkey. And this little boy, I don't remember what his name was. I don't know if he had a name. I don't think he did. He um, he loves this little donkey so much. And um, he goes with his dad to like pick up sticks and for firewood, I think. And uh, there's three other donkeys that the dad is leading along. And they're all like, Ugh small one what a joke and um the donkeys that is and then <laughs> you see by their facial expressions they don't talk which i appreciate and they're carrying their fair share of the load and then you see small one with his small things of sticks and um and then he ends up dropping them and poor thing can't can't do very much and the dad when they got back to the stables he was like ah kid it's time to give small one up we need to sell him don't you want him to live a happy life in the city where he doesn't have to do hard labor that we need him to do here. And the kid's like, no, I don't want him to go. And he sings this sad little song about, we'll find you a great place to live and a good owner and, and all of that. And 
Oh man, it's pretty emotional because you're like, oh, small one. Yeah, we're Sweetheart. like five minutes in and we're already emotionally attached to this donkey. Yeah, and you're right. The song is very emotional and just voicing about, hey, you'll find you a good family, somebody to love you, and we'll find, you know, purpose for you. So he goes into town to these different shopkeepers and merchants and only getting like one piece of silver which is, I don't know like what that would be equivalent to in today's market. He first takes him to the, um, what is it? It's not a butcher. No, it's his, like a, a sh- not a shearer either. He wants his hide. Yes. Of the donkey to create, I don't know, whatever, Le- leather? leather. Yeah, leather, clothing, stuff like that. Yep. And he freaks out the kid yeah, and, and the donkey. And the donkey. And they just <gasps> nope right like, out of there. <laughs> Getting out of here. And he goes to an, a couple other merchants, and they're like, no, no, I've got all this. I don't have any need for a donkey. One of them says, I don't need a donkey. I need a horse because my wife is fat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, well. Well, I mean, you know, you, you know what you need. You know, I'm pretty shocked that this little short didn't have that silly warning before. Oh, says, yeah, like in Peter Pan yes. and Aladdin. If you had Disney Plus, you'll notice on, depending, I don't think, I think they've removed all of those from the kids' profiles. So if you have like... Really? So, so you can't watch like Peter Pan or anything on a kids' profile? Not so, not all, but some have been renewed. I know Dumbo and probably Peter Pan. Just no. because... I know, I know. Just, I love Peter Pan. Well, that's why you have, you know, just two parent accounts where everything's accessible. For anybody who has Disney Disney Plus, you're familiar with what we're talking about. When you start the film, it has a little 10-second disclaimer that comes up saying, hey, during the time that this was made, there was this cultural representation or this bias, yada, yada, yada. Instead of removing it, we believe this is should be used to be a discussion point with your family. And then it goes off and then the movie starts, which I appreciate that they're not just removing it outright. And that that is true. That is true. Because some people may not see that as bad. But the reason why I am surprised that it's not on this one is because of the merchants. It could be seen as uh, anti-Semitic if you really wanted to like look deeper. That, into the yeah. meaning. Um, and then you had those, what were they, like loan sharks or bankers, tax collectors? Yeah, the, those are the people that I'm talking about, really. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, The yeah. reason why I'm surprised that little thing isn't on there is because they're they're portrayed as money, money-hungry merchants or loan officers or brokers or I don't know, whatever they are. They take money and procure things for people, it seems like. Like they get a horse... But they're they sing a little song all about money, and they're they're you know and and the stereotype which I don't understand this but the stereotype with Jewish people is that they are like not money hungry but like really good in finance they usually have a lot of money something to do with money I don't know I don't know what that's all about but that's why it seems like it may be making fun of them not on purpose now do i actually think that that's what this little show is doing no but people who want to read into it could say that <laughs> that's what i'm saying yes and when talking about that the little song that they sing the tats uh, people bankers um this is uh, for context this is a little bit of that Whoa. 
the song and they say him like you know a few times throughout and it's always when this boy and the stone here are trying to you know get that one silver coin from a merchant so that the small can be used for some kind of purpose and then the, the boy is told about a auctioner he's like oh yeah you know you can you can go to this auctioner he usually does horses but Take your donkey and kind of see what goes from there. And the auctioner is just He's a brutal. Yeah. A real jerk. He reminded me of Strong Bully from yes. Pinocchio, who was also a jerk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this auctioneer, he like gets on he's making fun of the donkey, like, oh, who was pay a thousand silver coins for this wonderful donkey? And they're all like, <laughs> And the boy is like, No, this is a good donkey. He's he's gonna have to be in a cane stable. I'm like, oh, Uh Yeah, that was definitely a little like foreshadowing. I mean, we knew when this whole thing started that that's what was going to (laughs) happen. But um, yeah, it that was definitely foreshadowing. And then this auctioneer, he like gets on top of the donkey, yeah, sits on that, him. Yeah. Well, and he's like, come all, on, giddy up, let's go. And the donkey's like, Mm-mm, yeah. I'm not having any of this from you. Yeah. And then Meanie. he pushes the boy down and is like, okay, he's had it. Yeah. The donkey, small one's like, nope. Yeah. And then they run away and they cry and it's very sad. And then very end of the day, there's a very nice looking man who comes up and says, hello, boy, is this donkey for sale? I need it for my wife to travel. She's pregnant and we're traveling to Bethlehem. And the boy and the the donkey immediately warms up, warms up to this guy. He's like, my name is Joseph. We're like, oh, Joseph and Mary. I see. And without uh, outright. Without actually saying saying it. it. Yeah. But we, we all know. And um, so then he, he's like, I can't, can't pay, pay you more than a silver coin. The boy's like, you know what? You're the right person to sell the donkey to. So small one goes off and he's with with them. But when this is where the main point of the story is, I think, and that is that God can use the most unlikely characters to make his point and be useful in his story. We see that countless times in the Bible. Oh, yeah. Last week, when we discovered Saul becoming Paul, we see it also in Moses when he has that stuttering problem. David. Yeah, David. The shepherd boy. Right. So regardless of ailment, age, disability, being small, tall, thin, Old, young, wide, yeah. you can still be used for some purpose. It may not be grandeur, but... Or, or maybe the small thing that you do, no pun intended, <laughs> might lead to a great outcome or result that you will not know about until you get to heaven. You never know how God's going to use you. So always be open and available to to be obedient to to God's word. So you, you guys might be, may or may not be interested to know that I finally finished my study through the book of Romans. And I'm really excited to see where um, where God takes me next in, in the in the Bible. But um, at the very end of Romans, Romans 16, uh, 19, the uh, 
Paul says something really interesting. So he's like wrapping up this whole letter to the church in Rome and he's greeted all these people who's, you know, a coworker in Christ and a dear friend and my fellow countrymen and and all of that. Um there's a lot it's really really cool to see all the different people that he's named. But then he says in verse 17, "Now I urge you brothers to watch out for those who calls cause dissensions and obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you've learned. Avoid them, for such people do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own appetites. They deceive their they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting with smooth talk and flattering words." And um talking about obedience, which is the whole point of me bringing this up. He says, the report of your obedience has reached everyone. Therefore, I rejoice over you, but I want you to be wise about what is good, yet innocent about evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. And so Paul is saying, like, basically, they've been obedient in doing what God has told them to do about avoiding these people who would cause dissension and deception and um, that he's like, yay, good job. Just continue on what you're doing. Be wise in what is good and innocent of evil. It's far better to focus on what is good rather than to focus on what is evil. And that is obedience in the Lord. It is, it is wise to be obedient in the Lord. And I think that's what we can learn from small one is that just go where God leads you. And perhaps this, this particular verse is, <laughs> is a bit of a stretch since it's talking about divisive people. But I guess there were, you know, the merchants were trying to deceive and to shoo away um, the little boy and his donkey. And what would have happened if they had have just gone home and said, you know what, forget it. Um, and been deceived by those people to for to just go home. Um, they would have not met Joseph, and small one would not have been a part of the the plan to deliver the Son of God to Bethlehem, where he was foretold to be born. And it's really cool. Yeah, I think you can make that connection. It's a bit loose. loose I, I, yeah. I, I agree. I <laughs> I've just been thinking about Romans a lot, which is why I wanted to bring it up. And a hearty congratulations for finishing Romans. And I love the little nativity representation at the very end of the movie and the little uh, music clip that they do at the end. Classic ending. That's all you get with those Buena Vista films. It's all the old, like, kind of orchestral, choral openings and endings. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of uh, Sleeping Beauty, for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. And I believe uh, Sweeping Beauty. Sweeping Beauty. She sweeps. uh, Yeah. That's the the spinoff. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, Sleeping Beauty, I think, was also done by Buena Vista as well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think sure that there was, was a partners- partnership when they were doing all the kind of the old fairy tales, aside from like, you know, being the Beast, Little Mermaid, stuff like that. But this is a really good film that, even if you're not like super religious or of the Christian persuasion, it's a good representation of the true meaning of Christmas and gives a little bit of a story in correlation 
with the birth of Christ. And it's short. You can watch it like just an afternoon when you have some time or, you know, the, the Christmas Eve. We would definitely recommend it for families and individuals. So we're not done yet. Though this is a shorter movie, or sorry, short film, we did want to take, you know, a little bit of time to discuss our favorite Christmas memories. And Becky, you shared one when we were talking about the Polar Express. Oh, the bells? Uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, the bells. Yeah. What's funny is we saw those same bells yesterday we did, when uh, we celebrated <laughs> with my with my mom. Yep, she still has them. And I was very happy. They did not look at all like the bells in the book, but I was very happy with them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any other like fun Christmas memories or a favorite Christmas? One of my favorite memories or traditions, I guess, is uh, doing gingerbread houses with my family. And this started off a long time ago. And we just did those like pre-made gingerbread houses. But then your mom wanted to step You all wanted to step it up. We did. And this has been going on before either you or your sisters were married. Oh, yeah. This has been going on. This this whole thing's decorating gingerbread houses has been going on since, you know, I must have been like five or something. It's been a long time that I would I would do it by myself with my grandparents. Yeah. Last year, we posted a couple pictures and stories about the whole gingerbread house and yes. the, the just the whole sculptures. We yeah, at all, some point we went from just like the pre-made houses yes. to like making our own gingerbread recipe. Right. And we, it, we went far. We went very yeah, far. We did <laughs> the ski resort last year. Uh, I, I know one was the Cordell, which was the venue that your sister got married at. Oh, yeah. Well, we did a church, I think. One year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we did that. And, and then, then some years back, you did your mom's house. That was my favorite. I think out of all of the gingerbread projects that we've done, doing a replica of my mom's house was the most fun. And I think it's because my sisters and I at the time were all living at the house and we could all just like lock in for like two, three days and do this gingerbread house. And it was impressive, I got to say. And um, I liked going from like competitions to just working on one singular thing so that it's not so, I don't know, apart. I like the togetherness of doing gingerbread houses. That's what's fun. And so <laughs> I, yeah, gingerbread's my, my favorite memories. I mean, we, I think that's the only tradition that stuck around after after the divorce. And I think that's why one of the reasons why it's my favorite. It's got such a long history. And I know it's been 12 years since my parents divorced, but to me there's there's time before divorce and then time after. It like marks everything for me, probably because I was a senior in high school. Um, but yeah, everything changed after that. So gingerbread's a great memory. Love gingerbread. I've young to join in on the Gingerbread festivities, which has been very, I see the stress that it involves and all the planning and all the hard work. Oh, yeah. Last night was very low key. Yeah, we just decorated just gingerbread. 
cookies. We did cookies this year because, yeah, I I got a call from Rachel a couple days ago and she was like, hey, quick question for you. Do you care about the gingerbread house or do you would you want or no? What she, she said, do you want to do the gingerbread house or cookies? And I was like, I honestly don't care about doing gingerbread house this year. Cookies sound great to me. She was like, awesome. Decision made. We're doing cookies. <laughs> and mom makes this like sleigh every year. So the idea was to make the cookies and put all of the decorated cookies in the sleigh when we were done. And that's exactly what we did. And it was fabulous. So Christmas memories. I think this was around the time of Christmas or surely. Yeah, surely it was December. It was when I was probably nine, ten years old. Is my grandparents when my grandfather on my mom's side was still alive, rented out this big cabin and the whole family stayed aunts, cousins, uncles, and it was a lot of fun. It snowed during that time when we stayed, and it was just a nice time where all of our family was together, which as years, you know, went past, you know, growing up and people moving to different cities, states, it was hard to, you know, get everybody in, in one place. I don't think my mom's side of the family has been together everyone for the holidays gosh eight years maybe aside from that cabin memory i would have to say that going to candlelight service is always wonderful it just is a dedicated time to that remembrance that reflection and i feel just i feel just it really brings home the 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 spirit of christmas and it's just nice seeing the lights go off in the sanctuary and just everything being lit by candlelight. So I would say I would say those are, you know, favorite memory and favorite tradition as well. I don't know if we'll be going to a candlelight service while we're in Georgia. We may, we may not. It just depends. But that's so we can do as little or as much as we want, and that is wonderful. It is a holiday where there are not really any plans. It's just on the fly. And that is exactly what we need. Oh, yeah. I'm really looking forward to just hanging out, honestly, eating food, lounging around in pajamas and <laughs> playing video games. Um, that's my what I'm looking forward to. And other games. We'll probably bring some other like board games with us. Well, we want to take this time to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and to take that intentional time to remember the true reason of the season. Until next time, keep those halos shiny and stay holy, my friends. Bye, everyone. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to the Analuya podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with all the latest information. We would love to hear your comments and questions about today's episode, as well as suggestions for future episodes. You can message us on our socials or email us at contact at 